Welcome to the Luxuriously Fierce Podcast. I'm May, founder of the luxury journaling brand, Luxuriously Fierce. My mission is to guide you in coming back to your natural state of luxury. Step into the power of luxury journaling to unload what no longer serves you, unlock subconscious programming, and awaken passion and purpose. Becoming Luxuriously Fierce is a movement. It is for the woman who is ready to listen to the whispers of her soul, to tap into the ancient wisdom she came here with. It is for the woman who is ready to be bold, step into her feminine power, and lead herself to luxury. It is for the woman who is ready to let go of the subconscious programming that no longer serves her, align with her passion, and become her truest self. You are made for big things. You are made to be bold. You are made for luxury. Are you ready? Welcome back to another episode of the Luxuriously Fierce Podcast. I am so excited today. I have Madeline Dawn here to sit with me and we're going to chat about so many beautiful things. Madeline is a spiritual empowerment coach that helps beautiful souls open their intuitive channels by identifying and releasing trauma. And she does this through one-on-one mentorship, but also really guiding you to build the autonomy of your own healing. And she also does this by helping you build your emotional toolbox, which we're going to get into because I'm super interested in that, and by creating a safe space for people to move through this healing process, which can be really difficult. And so I am so excited. Madeline, thank you for being here. I'm just beyond excited to chat about all this stuff. Yay. I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, I cannot wait to get into the meat of what we are going to discuss today. It's going to be such a juicy conversation. I cannot wait, but let's slow the roll a little bit. And can you just tell us um, a little bit about you and where you've been and how you got to where you are now? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the process of actually getting to where I am now has been you know, a a beautiful yet tumultuous one. And I feel like that's pretty much the case for anybody who's done a lot of work on themselves, right? So like, I, you know, had a a lot of childhood trauma that I needed to address. Um, My spiritual awakening was actually triggered by meeting my twin flame, and then um, ending up breaking up with him Um, I actually checked into a mental health treatment facility um, to help address uh, my trauma. Um, And the reasons that I went there were actually very different than what I actually ended up healing from. So I was diagnosed with complex PTSD um, through, you know, childhood trauma experiences. um, And then later found a spiritual mentor who kind of helped validate all of my own experiences Um, which really for me was like the permission slip to kind of explore the world of woo, if you will, and kind of validate all of the feelings that I had been feeling. So as an example, like since I was very young, like I knew I was different. I knew that I had the ability to tap into things that were unseen. I saw and felt and experienced things differently and, um, you know, it wasn't until I actually met my own spiritual mentor that it really helped me understand that like what I was going through was totally normal. 
and that I had these abilities to tap into that other people are very much sleeping to. Um, so now my job as a coach and my, my passion and quite honestly, my purpose um, is to help people do the same. So I help people understand their trauma and how it's impacting their everyday life in conjunction with opening up intuitive channels um, and, and validating their experiences. So like everything from, yes, all of your childhood trauma is leading to your purpose. I always say your pain becomes your purpose and to learning how to listen to your own autonomy rather than the voice that's in your head or the social conditioning that you've learned. Um, and, and just kind of really give people the, like, like you said, the autonomy to actually be the catalyst for change in their own lives, rather than following a template for, you know, things that people say, oh, this is how you have to heal, or you have this diagnosis. And now this means that this is what you're attached to for the rest of your life. And for me, it's more about giving people the empowerment to, really come home to themselves and to remember who they are as a divine being and and giving them the the power to actually live authentically for who they are as a beautiful soul so yeah that's long story short that's how i got to where <laughs> <I am> now <laughs> it is it's so funny one thing that always happens when i have a guest on the show is i ask the same question every time so that my listeners can, you know, get a feel for who you are and, you know, resonate with your story. But all of our stories are so long and so complex. It's hard to fit it into this yeah. space that we have in a podcast, yeah. but yeah, it's real. it really is difficult. Cause you're kind of like, how do I create, I don't know, a couple sentences around how I've gotten, you know, years of life into right now like everybody's journey is totally different and you know that's the beauty about remembering who you are is that nobody is the same and to celebrate yourself as you are without the social conditioning that is so fiercely beat into our subconscious minds it's so true and one of the things that really stood out to me that when that you said when you were um sharing your story with us was this idea of a permission slip that when you when you see someone else doing the work that you want to do or you start working with a coach or you meet someone and they're guiding you in the way that that they guide you in whatever you're needing guidance in at that moment and it's like a permission slip for you to do the same and I love I love this idea of a permission slip because I think that a lot of times we see people who are doing this work or they want to do this healing work, even as coaches, and we're really presenting this idea of like, you don't need anybody else's permission to do this work. You don't need someone else's permission to set boundaries. You don't need someone's permission to open your intuitive channel. You don't need someone else's permission to do all of this healing. You don't need someone else's permission to do this and that and follow your dreams and all of the things. And I absolutely agree with that. You don't need anybody's permission to live your highest being, to be your most empowered and authentic self. But we don't start that way, right? Because like you had just, you just said, 
we get stuffed into all of these boxes of society and we're conditioned by this and that and these rules and you know all of the things and so to open up that channel it is almost like we do need permission right we we need to have this sense of like yes i belong here this is what i belong to like this is where i'm going this is where i belong this is what my passion is and what my purpose is and this other person's doing it so i can do it too and it's i love this idea of this permission slip because that permission slip gives us that autonomy and that empowerment that we need to do this healing and open those intuitive channels and follow our purpose so thank you for opening that box <laughs> yeah absolutely and you know it's so interesting too because when you are doing this healing work and you are starting to pay attention to your intuition, like you legitimately feel like you're going insane. Like I, for God's sake, I checked into a mental health treatment facility. Cause I was like, I don't know what is happening right now. Mm-hmm. And look in hindsight, I was going through the dark, dark night of the soul where like, I didn't know what way was up. So when I actually met someone that was like, no, like you're okay. Like this is normal. Like it sucks, but it's normal. So to be able to validate someone's feelings is so necessary, especially if you have experienced trauma. And I want to be clear about the word trauma too, because most people consider the word trauma to mean you have to go through some like insanely huge event and like you're traumatized and blah, blah, blah. And that's not the case. Like trauma can mean very many or a ton of different things. And that could be down to like, the way that your your parents interacted with you to the bullying that you may have experienced as a child or feelings of not being heard or not being able to express yourself. So in a lot of ways, this per- the idea of the permission slip kind of helps boost that healing by first saying, listen, what you experienced is not okay, but I hear you. I see you, I feel you, what you experienced is very real to you. And that is all that matters. So being able to kind of understand that this permission slip doesn't necessarily mean that it's like, oh, okay, now I have the freedom to go and do this. It's more of a validation. It's more of like this, this invitation to say yes to yourself and to explore more because now you don't feel like you're going nuts now you feel like things are starting to make sense. Absolutely. I love that so much. And we've, I love that you brought up like feeling like you're going crazy when you go through this spiritual awakening and move through healing processes because we are so conditioned to be disconnected from our intuition and from our bodies and from our autonomy, really. Yeah. That we don't, we have no idea what we're doing and you just you start having like these spiritual awakenings and everyone's spiritual awakening you know looks different and I'll just use mine as an example but I started dreaming which was something that I used to do as a child I would dream things and then they would come true or I would dream about things and then find out that they actually happened and so when I went through my spiritual awakening um, as an adult I started dreaming again and I started, um, you know, receiving message. I'm Claire Audien, and um, so I receive messages through like listening and hearing things. 
and I just started hearing all these messages and having all these downloads and you're just like but where is that voice coming from and it's your own voice you know you don't hear the voice of someone else but you're just like did I did I really just think that or like where what just happened and you do really start to question yes what the hell is going on <laughs> yeah absolutely like it's so it's it really is like the the only way to describe it is that you legitimately feel like you're going insane because people don't like there's no real way to describe it other than to connect with someone else who has also experienced it mm -hmm. absolutely so it's it's one of those things where it's like yes i like i I know that this is happening and I don't know why it's happening and I don't understand why it's happening, but nobody else is experiencing this. So I must be the one that's going cuckoo bananas. And then you meet someone that's like, no girl, like I totally get that too. And you're like, wait, what? Hold on, please. <laughs> like, tell me more. I need to understand this. Like for the longest time, I thought clear audience was, you know, you thought you could hear people. And then my mind goes to, okay, well, am I schizophrenic? And it's yeah. like, this is, and it's, I mean, that's a totally different boat and a totally different ball game. But when it comes to like Claire audience specifically, I later realized that like, no, it's literally your own voice speaking to you through your own intuition. And then you're like, wait a second, is this actually what I need to be doing? Or do I need to be listening to the social conditioning? So like, you kind of go through this like weird teeter tottering. And this is, this still happens even to people who are you know, spiritually awakened, like you still have that struggle between the ego and the subconscious and following your intuition, like learning to create balance and understand what's in the driver's seat. Like, is this action that I'm about to take? Is that actually me serving my highest good? Or is that my ego coming into play? And like, that will forever be some a battle to some varying degree throughout life because this entire spiritual journey is never ending and you know it's just kind of like what it means to be a human who <laughs> understands that there is more to life than just our 3d meat suits that we're living in you know so it's just it's interesting to try to be able to take a back seat and really think about like what's actually in the driver's seat right now like is it my intuition or is it my ego I love that. It's like, that's like one of my favorite topics to talk about. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> I love it. And I, okay, let's go. Let's go there. Let's, do it. So let's, let's, let's go there. How, how do you know what is in the driver's seat? How do you know that it's your intuition and not your ego talking? And I know what it, that looks like for me. Um, and then on to also like extend that. How do you flip it around? If you recognize that your ego is in the driver's seat and you want your intuition to be in the driver's seat, how do you put your intuition there? And um, I'll go first. So, <laughs> so for me, my ego uh, makes me second guess things, mm. right? Mm -hmm. So that's how I know where um, my ego is stopping in. And I'll give an example, and this is going to be like a super outlandish example, and I'm here for it. So I recently completed a shadow work program with one of my mentors and throughout yeah. one of the meditations, she guided us, um, you know, through this healing process. And then at the end we were, um, you know, guided to go to kind of like a happy place or a place that felt calm. And so for me, that was in a really big field and it was full of purple flowers and purple flowers are 
my personal sign from the universe and my spirit guides for me to know that I'm on the right path or that they're there with me in that moment. And so in this meditation, I was walking through this field of purple flowers. And then my mentor said, there's something that's out of place. There's something not wrong, but just something that maybe shouldn't be there. looks a little strange. And for me, that was a window with a red frame. So I'm walking through this field of purple flowers and there's a random window, just like hanging midair. Um, (laughs) And she said, you know, what, what do you have to do to move through this healing that we just did? And I knew that I had to crawl through the window. And so, and so I started crawling through the window and I heard wait. Cause again, I'm Claire audience. So like I audibly heard the word wait. Mm-hmm. And this is like, keep in mind, this is me in a meditation. So this is like me in this physical 3D body watching the meditation version of me ha- like sit halfway through this window, ha- like one leg on one side, one leg on the other side. And I hear the word wait. And so I paused and I said, wait for what? What am I waiting for? Mm. And then there was no response because here's the thing that's I think is really important to remember about your ego is that your ego has no response. It doesn't, yeah. when you ask it questions, when you challenge it, it will not answer you. The only answer that you might get is uh, we need to be safe. We need to be safe. Yes. But in this case, I heard nothing. And it was in that moment that I realized this this was my ego making me second guess this decision to crawl through this window. Mm. And, so, and so, you know, and I, I always say this to you whenever I'm talking to someone about the ego is that you often hear a lot of people say, push past your ego, push past your ego. And sometimes it's necessary. You've got to just like push it out the way. But I don't like to do that. I always encourage people to calm the ego first, you know. And so I just said to my ego, like, this healing journey is really terrifying, but it's so empowering and it's leading us to that next thing, to that place that we want to go. You know, the things that have brought us this far are only getting us through this far and crawling through this window is how we get further along. And so, you know, you have this conversation with your ego, whether that's like literally you talking to your ego in a meditation or just out loud at in this physical body, whether that's through journaling and, you know, you calm that ego down and then move into that space of intuition and listening to your body and your, in my case, Claire audience or however you receive messages from the universe and spirit guides. So that was a very long-winded version, a long-winded way for me to tell you that my ego makes me second guess myself. And that's how I know it's in the driver's seat. (laughs) I love that visual representation too, because it, this is a very like, I don't know if ethereal is the right word, but like, it's a very complex topic to try and articulate. So like having this visualization of like you literally straddling a window of like, okay, I might not know what's on the other side of this window, but I know that I need to go through it. And yet I also have this thing that's like completely pulling me back. Like what's actually happening here? So like for, to, to answer your question for me, um, 
you know, I think first and foremost, I think it's important to recognize that like this is an ongoing process of understanding what is in the driver's seat. Sometimes it will be super clear. Sometimes it will not be super clear. And usually whenever the ego is in the driver's seat for me, I use that as an in invitation to look inward. So when I know that something is aligned, I, I have this like physical feeling of just like energy rushing through my body. I get incredible amounts of signs and synchronicities. I, numbers follow me everywhere, repeating numbers. I have uh, animals that come and visit me all the time. I have, like, it's wild. Like when I'm in true alignment, like you can't make the shit up that I experience. Like one, at one point I was deciding whether or not I wanted to say yes to doing a course of my own that would have been a, a very large financial investment. And I was terrified to say yes. And all of a sudden I was sitting there and I asked my guides, and usually this is what helps me determine if my ego's in the driver's seat or not, is that I reach out for help from my guides. I'm like, please help give me some sort of sign that can kind of confirm that this is what I need to do. And for me, like I was, I was sitting down in a place and I, I asked for a very specific color pink, which is weird. Cause I actually don't really care for the color pink, but I digress. So I was like, show me the color pink. And I literally, I look up and mind you where I was sitting, I'd been in a million and a half times. I look up and all of a sudden I'm like pinging my eyes all over the place. I'm like, pink, 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 pink. It was everywhere. And I was like, what is happening? I was like, I've literally seen this place 35 trillion times and now I'm just seeing all of these colors. Like it's insane. So one of the ways that I know how to discern my ego from my intuition is that my intuition is always stronger, always, always, always stronger when I allow it to be. So in the, and the key here is when I say allow it to be is that the ego, she's a tricky bitch. She will like, <laughs> she will literally try and manipulate and maneuver into any nook and cranny that she can to try and convince you otherwise. So it's, so I am very clear cognizant. So that's clear knowing, which means that like, I, I always used to tell people where I was like, I just know shit. Like, I just, I don't mm -hmm. know how to explain it. I just Me know too. things. Like, don't, I don't, <laughs> like, I, I don't have time to question if it's real. It just is. So that's part of being claircognizant. So when I tap into that claircognizance and I actually quiet my mind and I listen to what my body is saying, and this is, this is another good indication too, is, um, which I feel like this is totally going to lead in another conversational direction, but I'm going to go for it. So um, basically your, your brain and your body are often having two very different conversations. So your brain is consciously trying to maneuver things in terms of making, making sense of things. That is what our brains do. It tries to calculate, assess our situations, understand if we are safe if we are not safe if you know what we, what we need to be doing and we analyze everything and that analytical sense comes from literally the biological need to make yourself safe so when you're when you talk about the healing 
um, the, the healing journey, a lot of people start in therapy and from a cognitive perspective and therapy and, and cognitive behavioral therapy is so incredibly beneficial. And I, I think everyone needs a therapist being totally honest. I but agree. That's, yeah, it's a totally different story. <laughs> um, but when you consciously know something, it's, it's really helpful to try and make sense of things, but where people forget to heal, if you will, is embodiment, is understanding and having that conversation with your physical body. So like, for example, let's say that you've done a ton of cognitive work and you know that you're worthy of things, you know that you're worthy, well, we use speaking up for yourself as an example. Let's say there's a situation where you know that you wanna speak your mind, you know you're capable of speaking your mind, you know that if you do, it's gonna be for the best and that you know, you're know you worthy of being heard. Consciously, you know that, you've worked through it, everything's hunky-dory in your brain, you're good to go. And then when you actually go to actually speak your mind, your body gets all tense, it starts to sweat, you get this lump in your throat and then all of a sudden you're like, I can't do it. So it's like your brain and your body are completely disconnected and they're having two completely different conversations. So when you actually pay attention to what's happening in your physical body, you can go back and start to do some somatic healing where you understand what the source is coming from. It doesn't always have to make sense. And I think that's where most people get tripped up is that sometimes the physical healing doesn't make sense. It just has to happen. So, and I can definitely go into more detail about that, but yeah, it's, it's interesting to kind of understand like when you're fully embodied where your brain and your body are communicating with one another, it is so much easier to pay attention to your intuition. And when they are completely disconnected is where the ego can step into play very easily. And again, this comes back to how we've been conditioned to have this disconnect between yes. our intuition and between like our mind and intuition and our mind and our body. Because the ego will creep up in, in multiple different ways. Because once, as soon as you calm it, it, it shows up and you calm it down. It's going to try to show up in another way. Like, it's like a shapeshifter. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> well, it's almost, it's popping almost, up all the if time. You were to, if you were to take the archetypes of the inner child and the elder, like your inner child is your ego. Your inner child is the one that's being like, no, pay attention to me. I need love and attention. Come back here. Play with me. Play with me. Don't leave. And your inner an elder is basically being like, everything is safe, continue to forage forward. Which is an interesting way to kind of think about that because, you know, and don't get me wrong, like you have to go back and nurture the ego. You have to go back and you have to understand and, and nurture the inner child. You have to, like, you can't just slap a happy sticker on things and be like, everything's fine, I'm healing. Like, no, you have to go back and do the work. Like you have to do the shadow work. You have to understand where things are coming from. You have to relive experiences and rewrite those stories. Like you can't just plow through and expect everything to be hunky-dory. No, healing definitely is not like that at all. And no, it's no. never <laughs> and it's never done either. Like healing is not linear and there will always be a new trigger pop up that reminds you of that thing that you thought that you had healed and you probably did heal that. But like the thing is that healing really, I think a lot of people have a big misconception around healing is that the word healing, everybody seems to take to mean 
well, I'm done with this. I can forget about this. I've moved through this. I won't think about it ever again. I won't remember it ever again. It will never be a part of my life ever again. And that's not what healing is. Healing no, is, is about, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like healing is really like if when you have that trigger, you have that memory of, you know, this past trauma or whatever it is that you're moving through. When a new trigger pops up, healing is looking at that trigger and going, hey, girl, I see you over there. But, you know, we've been through this. Like, thank you for popping up and reminding me of this time that I wasn't safe or that I didn't feel safe, but I'm safe now and we're all good. Yeah. Like healing is not about giving into that fear and that pain and that trauma and, you know, all well, I think it's, I think it's also learning to recognize if it's just popping up to say hello, to see if you've actually moved past it, or if it's an invitation to actually dig a little deeper. So like a, a good example of this is I have done a lot of work healing things from this lifetime, but I also understand that like, I personally believe in past lives and in generational trauma and mm, absolutely and all of this other stuff, which is a completely different and more nuanced layer of healing that a lot of people don't touch. And I personally am in this right now where, you know, and I also want to be very clear too that like coaches are also in the thick of it. Like if anyone tells you that they have it figured out, they're lying to you. So this is one of those things where it's like, I can be radically honest with myself and with everybody that I coach. It's like, yeah, I figured out a lot of shit. I understand mm-hmm. how to heal a lot of things. And I'm also a human being still going through my own stuff, still peeling back the layers, still trying to create deeper understanding within myself. And the more that I can do that, the more that I can help others. So like, I just want to create that little caveat because I feel like that's a very common misconception that like people put coaches on a pedestal and like, that's not at all. <laughs> it's, like, I, I agree. <laughs> I actually just like quickly interject here. I actually like, I like to make a distinction between coaches and mentors. And this doesn't, you know, resonate with anybody who identifies as a coach or anybody who identifies as a mentor. But like, for me, I always look at as a mentor, like you had said, if someone tells you they don't that they have it all figured out, they're full of shit, first of all. Mm-hmm. But also, that person is probably just dictating things that they have heard or, you know, think work in a different way. Like, when I think of a coach, I think of someone who goes, okay, here are five Instagram strategies for such and such and such. Like, they have taken what you know, whatever Instagram's algorithm is looking as, you know, looking like, and they've created this information palette for you to feed off of. Whereas a mentor I look at as someone who has gone through the thick of it, who has, and now I have that, now I have that backyard again song stuck on my head from TikTok. That, <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, a mentor is someone who has gone through all that bullshit. They've come out of the other side of that bullshit and they see more bullshit and they're like, yeah, let's go. Yeah. You know, that's, you know, and this is interesting too. Cause like I call myself a coach, but like, I really am a mentor. Like I've, yeah, absolutely. I've been through the trenches, you know, but like people don't really resonate with it. And it's kind of like, yeah, you, I mean, 
I, I don't know. I think I, I definitely hear what you're saying. I think that there's definitely some validity to that, but you know, there's also like in terms of titles and whatnot, it's kind of like, what do you call yourself and what are people going to resonate with? Cause you don't want it to be like a bait and switch, but it's more so like a, you know, what are you going to resonate with that then I can actually like help you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that people should call themselves, you know, whatever does resonate with them. Um, yeah, I didn't mean to like demean your title or anything. Oh, no, like no, that. No, 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 no. And you're absolutely right. Now I'm sitting here. I'm like, shit. Am I? Should I call myself a mentor? <laughs> and uh, honestly, like for me, just personally, I don't really resonate with the term coach or mentor. And like I've, you know, been through the shit and gone through all the mm-hmm, shit. But mm-hmm. like I usually refer to whenever someone says, you know, what do you do or what is it that you're working towards? I just say brand. Mm. like luxury journaling brand and I feel like and that this is just a personal preference but like the term brand to me just means like it's something that everybody can kind of tap into like when you think of a brand you think of like as an example McDonald's every time you see that giant yellow m you know exactly what that place is like whenever you see a check mark it could be any random check mark on the side of the street and you're like Nike yeah, totally. You know, like, and to me, that's kind of where I'm sitting in all of this. But yeah, <laughs> this is off topic. Yeah, yeah, that's that's awesome. I love that. Um, what was I saying? Oh, the um, the level two healing, <laughs> if you will. So, um, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of people that are very much in this place of like trying to understand this lifetimes. Um stuff for lack of a better term Mm -hmm. um but there is also that next level where yeah if you if you do feel triggered like can you use that as an invitation to go a little bit deeper and try and like peel back those layers even further so like for example um I am very much in this place of trying to understand and heal this wound of feeling unheard. Mm -hmm. And in this lifetime, I was bullied. I feel like I didn't have my needs met in specific areas as a child. And I always like looking back on it, like I was always a weirdo. Like I was the kid that was like off doing like some weird art project or like playing dress up with like the most insane things. Like it was just, I was a weird kid, but like, I'm also an Aquarius. So that's befitting, but I digress. <laughs> so um, yeah, I just, I always was trying to like fight for myself and fight for the, the need to be heard and to be seen. And over time, I just kind of allowed social conditioning to silence me. And now I'm at this point that I've, I've done all of this work where I'm like, absolutely not. Like I am a weirdo and I am proud of being a weirdo. And like me being out of the spiritual closet is like completely allowing me to live my authentic truth and you know, blah, blah, blah. But I still feel like there are specific areas where like, I still hold back a little bit in terms of speaking my truth. And I've been trying to really dig into that. And I, I've been like, okay, I feel like I've done all that I can to heal what I can in this lifetime. It's got to be deeper. And then I started doing past life regressions and 
I realized that like I specifically have a very deep witch wound where I have ancestral ancestral like Celtic lineage of of witches in in my family and I had or like in past lives of being a witch I you know was persecuted like okay first I want to clarify a witch by the way um there's a very common misconception that like witches are heretics and they do dark magic and all this other like really dark twisted stuff and like that's not actually the case like witches were the medicine women they were the healers they were the gurus they were the the people could go to to help make sense of things and now you know people can wear the witch title as a badge of honor because that's exactly what we're getting back to which is great but there was that period of time where people were like wait a minute I don't understand how you're doing this you it doesn't make sense to me I don't understand this I'm going to call you a heretic and persecute the shit out of you. So like, that's where all of this trauma comes from, you know, whether it be a witch or just being a woman is, you know, I'm going to silence you. I'm not going to believe you. I'm going to punish you and I'm going to execute you for having a different belief system that can actually help people. But because it's so out there and so nuanced and so complex, people who are still sleeping don't have the capacity to understand that. So now I'm kind of taking this into my, my everyday life and understanding me like, okay, this is my responsibility in this lifetime to heal that wound, to speak up for my ancestors, to be the person that speaks loudly and proudly in order to heal people and live my authentic truth rather than trying to silence myself and live by, you know, the, the trauma and the fear of being like, well, what if I show up as my authentic self? Am I going to be persecuted? What if I show up as my authentic healer? Are people going to understand or make fun of me? And like that, that translates into this lifetime of like being bullied, of being silenced, of social conditioning. And it's just, it's super interesting to see how things like can really perpetuate karmically in new lifetimes in completely different ways that are you know, assimilated with the the times of now, but like, really, if you go back and you dig shit up from your, you know, lineage, you're like, whoa, okay, this kind of makes sense, which is like a completely new perspective on, you know, like I said, level two healing. There are so many levels to healing. Yeah. <laughs> I love past life regressions. I love oh, past I lives. That. I think they are so cool. And I mean, you know, typically when you do a past life regression or you spend some time even doing like a soul retrieval mm-hmm. um, and you're going back to these different times and spaces and these different versions of you, it can be really intimidating because you don't know what you're going to come across because, you know, right. as in this physical body, mm-hmm. you don't have any conscious memory of those past lives. But what we do have is this, like, these reoccurring patterns or these wounds that we just can't seem to heal that we need to go back to. And so when you step back into those past lives, it can be really, I just, a person, I just find it so exciting. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's super interesting. It's so exciting. The first time I remember I was nervous because I wasn't sure what to, I think I was more nervous, not because of what I might see, but because I was like, what if I do this wrong? And so here's the thing about just even, you know, going back to these past lives and and this energy work and opening your intuitive channel, you can't do it wrong. No, it's not, you know, this isn't, you know, a 
right or wrong kind of thing. Your intuitive channel and anything that your past lives, generational trauma, like anything that you have experienced, anything that lives within your body energetically, you don't, you can't fuck it up. No, the only thing that stops you from opening your intuitive channels is social conditioning. The only thing that stops you from opening your intuitive channels is social conditioning trauma. It, it cannot get any more simple than that. Like if you were to erase all of the bullshit that you have gone through, what would you be left with? The most divine, authentic version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's where the fear comes in too, because I always like to say people are afraid to dig into this version of themselves, into this most empowered, this most embodied, this most authentic version of themselves because they don't know who they are without all this other bullshit, without all the social conditioning. And, you know, with me and my brand and luxury journaling, a lot of it is working through all these kinds of things and getting to the roots of beliefs and patterns and thoughts and experiences. And when you do that, a, a problem that a lot of people have with journaling is that once you start to work through these things, you create this space within your body, this energetic space, this spiritual space within, and people go, holy shit, what is this space? I need to fill it with some more bullshit. Yeah. And that's the problem people have with journaling and and, and healing work in general. I just use journaling because that's what I do. Um is that we don't know what to do with this space. We don't know who we are without these layers and layers and layers of conditioning. Yeah. I would say one of the most beneficial things, like I always tell my clients, like awareness is a superpower. Like Mm -hmm. awareness is the catalyst for change. And if you are able to be open to how you are actively showing up for yourself and for others, it forces you to be radically honest with yourself. And you're like, Ooh, maybe I was not as great of a friend as I thought. And maybe I did perpetuate some tumultuous relationships. And like, you know, it's, I think that one of the things that is so difficult and why people are so adverse to doing the healing work is that you have to be really radically honest with yourself. And a lot of people are not willing to look at that. They're not willing to admit their faults. They're not willing to, you know, actually evaluate and accept how they have shown up in their own lives and around others. And that's essentially what it comes down to is that like, in order to heal, you have to be radically honest. And I think that again, comes back to social conditioning where so many people, and I know that I, you know, at one time in my life was this way where everything was everybody else's fault. Yeah. I, you know, I never took responsibility for anything. And when you start to move through this healing work, you have to be honest with yourself and you have to be really honest about the, the role that you have played in perpetuating, even like perpetuating society's idea of what is right and what is wrong and all these boxes that we're supposed to be fitting in and blah, blah, blah. And that is one, it's really hard it's really hard. It's really hard work to do in general, but then to think like, oh shit, I've been a part of this mm-hmm. and I'm, you know, responsible for some of this is really difficult for people because we are conditioned to just be like, no, I'm always right and you yeah. must be the wrong one and this is all your fault. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, we are all mirrors of each other. Literally every single person that you come in contact with reflects something back to you about yourself. So like you can use that. I always say that like triggers are an invitation to look inward. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's, it's a beautiful, I mean, I now personally have gotten to the point where I'm like, I don't invite triggers, but like, if they happen, I'm just like, thank you for this message. Thank you for showing me what I need to work on Mm -hmm. and using it as, you know, instead of like this thing to fear of like, oh my God, what if I get triggered? What am I going to do? How am I going to react? How am I going to cope? Like blah, 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 blah. It's more of like a, okay, I know what triggers are. I know how I react to triggers. And now I have created a sense of awareness and autonomy over my own life and what is best for me through trial and error and, you know, getting to this point of saying, okay, I am now, I, I welcome the trigger because it teaches me something. And I yeah. think that, that's so beautiful to be able to, to get to that point. I mean, don't get me wrong, when you're in the thick of it, like, you're like, your body reacts and you're like, wow, I'm not safe. But like, if you've done enough work on yourself where you can actually recognize what's happening in the moment, like that is like so awesome to be able to do. And that's part of what I teach people how to do is to be able to create awareness of when what's actually happening in any given moment. You know, I always say the, the present is my safe place because if I'm stuck in the past and living in a victim mindset and blaming everyone else. And if I'm worrying about the future, it's taking away from all the beautiful things that are happening right now in this very moment. And living in the present is truly an understated practice. It really is. We're always so focused on the past or the future. And I just... And, you know, we, I still find myself at times in that place where I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what am I going to do next month about this? And, but then, like you said, that awareness to come back to this space of, no, this is where I am now. Mm -hmm. What can I do right now that will move me a little bit forward, even just to turn the needle, like, a tiny bit? Because the thing is, like, you can't you don't control the future. You really don't. You don't in any capacity. No, like it's not whatever your soul has, you know, planned out, whatever contract your soul signed before you came to this physical earth is done. Yes. And so, yes, of course you, there are so many, there are different timelines and dimensions that you can tap into and you can quantum leap and you can um, collapse time and all of these things, but you need to be present to do those things. If you want yes. to collapse time around something, you have to be present and living in this moment to do it. Yeah. And it's like, that's, I mean, what you're describing is the act of surrender, which is like, oh God, I don't think I could name a more difficult thing to actually do. Oh my gosh. I, I quote unquote mistakenly made that my word for 2021 and man, oh man, there are times, there are times I'm in the thick of it and I'm just like, oh my gosh, when is this going to be over? This is ridiculous. What is happening? And then I'm like, oh, this is your own fault, mate. Like you literally chose this word for 2021. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and I invited this in. I just also like, I want to, I want to be clear for those listening that like, 
people throw around the word surrender all the time and like most people are like, I don't get it. Like, I don't understand. Like, how do you actually surrender? And in a lot of ways, it's very difficult to describe, but it's, it's almost like to me in the way that, and I would love to hear like what your interpretation of this is too. But like, I, I almost feel like for me, the state of surrender is equal to a flow state Mm -hmm. where it is, if shit is hitting the fan, okay, are you going to literally like sit and fight everything? Or are you just going to sit and absorb all the shit? Cause what else are you going to do? You know, like the fans still going, things are still flying and there's no off switch. So like you can either just sit and laugh and enjoy it to whatever degree you're able to, or you can continue to fight it. And eventually you're going to be exhausted. You're going to burn out and it's not going to get you anywhere. So like, eventually the surrender piece will benefit tenfold. And one of the things that I have found that really helps me get to a state of surrender is practicing presence and having a gratitude practice. Like I would be absolutely nowhere without my gratitude practice. I like, I am at the point now where I am literally brought to tears every time I sit and think about all of the things in my life that I'm grateful for. And I just like, all I want is for my clients to be able to get to that same place where they can look behind themselves and say, holy shit, I did that. And it's, it's a really beautiful place to be is in this place of gratitude because when you're grateful, there are no issues. I a thousand percent agree with that and I love even like you know having a gratitude list really it keeps you grounded and it keeps you present in Mm -hmm. here in this in this moment and in the moment that you're whatever your gratitude practice looked like maybe that's journaling maybe that's you know feeling grateful for the ability to buy a coffee at the drive-thru and so you buy the person's coffee behind you in line or you know whatever your gratitude practice might look like um where was I going with this? Oh, flow. Surrendering, it does, flow is really the, the word that comes to mind when I think of surrender. And it really is about balancing those masculine and feminine energies. Like the masculine energy is about this need to have a plan, have a strategy, have a plan B and have a plan C in case plan A and plan B don't follow through. It's like mm-hmm. this energy of needing to control the outcome of things, even though you have like absolutely no say in anything (laughs) yeah Um, depending on what your situation is and then surrendering really is about finding that flow which is your feminine energy where you lean back and you just accept what is yes and accept that maybe there's going to be a waiting period or maybe there's just nothing that you can do or maybe that there are small things that you can do and those small things are going to add up over time rather than I think a lot of people think with, with healing um, or just moving through things in general is that they want very quick results. And that's just not the way that it works. And oh, so surren- surrendering <laughs> is, is also really about being able to have a goal, I guess, or to kind of see far enough into the future where you, where you would like to be. 
mm-hmm. and then kind of thinking about okay i can't you know you can't jump from one place to another so i'm gonna be in this flow and i'm going to sit with this energy of what i would like life to look like on the other side of this turbulence and i'm gonna sit with that energy and you know meditate on that journal on that talk to someone about that whatever that healing process whatever that surrendering process looks like for you everyone is different and say okay if i want to tap into this masculine energy just a tiny bit what can i do today Mm. And sometimes what you're what you can do is nothing. Is just be in that flowy energetic state. Yeah, I you know, it's interesting creating balance is something that I have really been focusing on over the last 2 years and it's a lot more difficult than you think. It and is. When when you think about masculine and feminine energy you know, to, to clarify the, the feminine, the divine feminine energy is going to be in an intuitive state, a flow state, a state of rest, relaxation, intuition, the divine masculine state will be decisive and forthcoming and, um, you know, really just kind of has like a control on action. Whereas the wounded feminine will, you know, oftentimes leak her energy out. She will have weak boundaries. She will be an over caretaker. She will basically be taking care of others, everyone else but herself. And the wounded masculine is very abrasive and loud and controlling. So when you think about, you know, these, these archetypes of, of the masculine and feminine energy and the wounded and, and the, the divine state of what either of those polarities are, if you really think about it, you cannot have balance if one of them is wounded. So for example, you know, there is a lot of wounded masculine energy in the world right now. And, and to, to, to clarify every single human being, regardless of your gender, your gender identity, you know, every single person has masculine and feminine energy within them. So if you are operating from let's, you know, there's a lot of wounded masculine energy right now that both men and women and all genders are really tying into of this like controlling state of being abrasive, of being overly defensive, of, you know, needing to do, 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 go, 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 be, be, be. And when, when you take a step back and you allow yourself to actually rest, and this, this happened to me, I was very much in a, in a wounded masculine state. And then I really, during, during quarantine, I really tapped into my, you know, my feminine energy. And for the longest time, I thought that I was in a state of of divine feminine energy of being this, you know, intuitive person and opening up my channels and healing all of my wounds and crying and healing and just doing all of the things that I needed to do to nurture myself and my soul and my body. And I got so familiar with that. And so I created a new safe place for myself that I completely ignored 
any masculine energy whatsoever. And my new divine, what I considered my divine feminine state was actually wounded. So where, where you create this balance is, you know, are you able to show up and take action while holding boundaries, while maintaining your energy, while, you know, allowing yourself to work through the things that you need to work through, but also show up for yourself and for others at the same time. And like, that's how you create that balance. So like if one aspect is wounded, baby, they're both wounded. (laughs) I really like that explanation because when, I mean, just kind of diving into the topic of masculine and feminine energies for a little bit, typically anybody who starts this kind of work, this intuitive channeling work, this tapping into your higher being, your most authentic self, this healing work, the majority of people who begin this work and and a lot of people, like you said, on this planet right now are very much in the masculine energy. So whether that's wounded masculine or just go, 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 busy, 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 overworking, overachieving, um, perfectionism, you know, those kinds of behaviors that are just side note, which is a whole other topic. These are socially accepted, (laughs) you know, coping mechanisms. Um, and so what tends to happen is that when we start to recognize, okay, I have this feminine energy within me and here is how I tap into it. I'm going to rest and relax. And then we swing too far the other way and we drop all of our boundaries and then we're in the wounded feminine. And so coming to that place of balance is really, it is a pendulum swing. And I, I know myself personally, when I started doing this work, I was very much in the masculine energy, very hustle, 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 go, go, go. And then I went too far into the feminine and then I swung back and went too far into the masculine, but not quite as far as I had been before. Mm-hmm. And then you swing back into the feminine, but again, not quite as far as I'd been before. And you kind of, you know, the pendulum slows the more you swing and the more work you do and the more learning really and understanding of these energies and how they are within you and what they look like within you and what they look like in terms of your behavior and your thoughts and the, your patterns that you show. Right. How you show up for yourself. And that doesn't mean that you're like never going to swing one way or the other ever again. We, we know that that's not true. <laughs> Finding your vertical line is really, it's a process and it's constantly ebbing and flowing with whatever it is that you're going through at any given time. Like, you might be in a flow state because you just completely cleared a whole bunch of karmic crap. And then you're like, oh, hold on, wait a minute. We just cracked open another layer. And then you kind of dive back down. So like, if you think about like a chart graph or like a roller coaster going upward, like most people have this idea that like healing is like this upward trajectory that's like a single line. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it's, always, it's always going upward, but it's totally got dips along the way. Like it's not to, to be in your complete vertical line where your feet are grounded on this planet and your head is open to the divine and intuitive channels. Like you have to create that balance of like, you know, how do I explain this? So like there's with this whole healing process, like you can very much get sucked into this lifestyle of like heal, heal, heal 
clear all the patterns, do all the things. And like the spiritual path can be addicting in and of itself where it's like, oh my God, I've cleared this. Now I feel great. Now I'm going to live this. And then you are just waiting for that like next intuitive hit, that next spiritual breakthrough. And it's like, that's literally not what this is about. It's all about creating that sense of peace and balance of like, how can I effectively live as a human being while being intuitively tapped into my divine essence? And it's, it's interesting because when you get on this path, it's very easy to get stuck in this ethereal world of the 5D and like, you know, understanding like, I am a divine being and blah, blah, blah. And I want to live in my highest self. And it's like, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. But like, you are in a 3D meat suit. You have to survive. <laughs> you have to, you know, navigate relationships. You have to pay the bills. You have to, you know, like, it's okay for you to want things in this life and enjoy being a human. Like so many spiritual people are like, I denounce everything. I don't need any materialistic possessions and money doesn't mean anything. And it's like, no, you're a human being. Like if you want to bankroll, bitch bankroll. <laughs> you know, like you can totally have this spiritual side and be a boss bitch at the same time. And a boss bitch she is. This episode was so much fun to record. We talked for so long that we just had to split it up into two parts. So stay tuned for the next episode of Opening Your Intuitive Channel with Madeline Dawn. 